This is Straight Up from Gum Central, a podcast for people who live in care or have lived in the system. I'm Brooke. I'm Nora. We started talking about this last week, but Brooke, like, what what happened with you? Because you had a, you were living on the streets for quite a while, weren't you? Yeah, I was in and out of the streets and in and out of like all different kind of care settings, being a ward of the state or in the state till 18. Um, I personally chose to run away from my facilities and the homes that I was in because like at the end of the day I felt straight, straight? No. I felt felt safer on the streets than I did in the care settings that I was in. Like I felt like I was more invincible when, you know, like I had my community behind me of the little street kids that would run amok and hang out in town and be rat bags with like, I knew they had my back more than I trusted the government, so. Um, so we're going to talk to, we talked to Josh as well, who's a friend of Brooks. Did you meet Josh on the street? I don't know how I actually met Josh. I call him Joshy, but you can call him Josh. Me and Joshy have been friends for fucking ages. Um, and I know his family members and stuff. So like at the end of the day, I think it's a collaboration of being street kids as well as family members and just seeing him around being in care, I guess. Uh, my name's Josh. Uh, basically, I was in, back when it was Families SA, I, I was in like an all-boys unit of like 12 of us. And when when we first just kind of went into care, it was just scary. I was shit scared at the start. I, I did grow accustomed to it over about a year. But it's just when it starts off, like me and my sister were taken away. The whole thing of it, like, oh, I've been taken away from my family. Rah, rah, you, you freak out. Cause I didn't really know what was going on at the time. I kind of did, but it was because I was all that so new to it. That was probably why I was so rebellious at like such a young age. It was more like a fuck the system, fuck care. I'm just gonna do what I can to piss people off and just run amok. Like if I didn't go to care, I probably wouldn't have got arrested. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Like, but me going into care just made me want to run amok and just do all sorts of just crazy stuff just for the fact I was in, I went, especially when I went to the unit, I was in a bunch of like-minded kids like me and graffiti and this and that and just, and because we were all together, that's all we wanted to do is go out and do something that would, like a thrill that would get us out of the house and kind of just made our own family. And that's kind of how a sleeping rough started. And when I first went into care, I met this kid, I'll call him Jay. We started talking. And he's like, oh, you know, I hate being in care. I'm from, like, he was from like the country, like six hours away. And so I'm like, you know what? We're just going to leave. Like, let's go somewhere. We left and got to the train station. And we're like, all right, let's, let's go to the city. And so we jumped on the train. We had to hop the train, hop the barriers once we got to town. Right, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just walking. Got to about probably 10 p.m. We're just sitting in the middle of the mall. Like, no idea what to do, thinking about going home. But because we were, like, just so scared in the end, like, we, we don't want to go there. Like, we're just surrounded by like, strangers. Like, I'd been there for a day. And we're like, oh, these workers are all uptight. They're wankers, rah, rah, rah. Like, they weren't, but when we first got there, they were. And that's when the whole thing of us being scared of the police came into play. Because we didn't know what NPR was at that point. And then we're like, oh, you're on a missing persons report. And we're like, what's that? And every time we'd have to see the police then, they'd get us, take our names and take us home. And so that became like our main fear. 
So because we were always scared to go to people's houses because the police and that, we just started sleeping in car parks around the city. Like, you'd be amazed how many places in this city that are abandoned. I remember even the festival theatre. Did you do that as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It was dope. Yeah, it was. It was, it was incredible. Like, what did it feel like not having like a like a set home for like uh, place? It was. It was always a constant worry of where are you going to sleep? What are you going to eat? How are you going to get food to eat? How are you going to beg for change to eat? Because that's what we did a lot of the time. Whether it was like you know just sitting down with their house, walking up to people, going, oh you know. Um, you know, I'm homeless, right, right, right. And then the next day, it started all over again. Like, it was just always worrying about where to go, what to do, what to eat, where to be careful of the police, because the city's full of cops. Like, a lot of the time, we just run. And when the cops see us run, they chase us. They're like, oh, what do you know? That's illegal, right, right, right. And then they realise, kids in care, take us all the way back home. And once we got taken back home past that like, certain hour, we can't get back to the city. Yeah. So we're just stuck at the unit with, like, Work is being pissed and it was just all new to me, scared to me. Like, everything just freaked me out about care. So that, um, like, being at the unit in that first time was worse for you than the uncertainty of living on the street? I just had this hate for the workers and, like, care. Families are saved. Passionate hate for them. That's why we never wanted to be there. I hated my social worker. And I think back now, it's like, just at the end of the day, they were doing what they what was best for me. I just thought they were out to get me. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a reflection of your experience, though, as well. Like if, Pretty much. If you have your entire reality, your family taken away from you, yeah. like, you're probably going to be pissed off so and that, really that scared. That was it, because it was like, oh, no, yeah. you're, just, you're just thrown into this whole new thing of, you know, as I said, taking away from your family, a bunch of strangers in a strange house and a strange location. Like, if you in care, you have to be in bed at this time, do this, go to school. Like, like if, we, if we had a pot or whatever, they'd, like, they'd tackle us, restrain us, and then take it off of us. Was that similar to your experience? Yeah, well, the thing is, the only door open in Riziki is the front door without an alarm on it. So, realistically, that's the only option you got unless you want to ask the sh- shitty workers. It's a race to the door. Yeah. Like, especially when I was younger like you literally you'd have to we'd all plan we'd talk at a time once your door opens your alarm mm. goes off yeah like they had to set alarms on the doors the whatever and once one door opens we'd all, we'd all gap out. out to the door because they tried to, they couldn't restrain all of us yeah and so we'd make awesome. like a pact at like so it's like prison it is prison yeah, it is it is, it is. It's flat out it's a, opens, like care was a prison system yeah. uh, I mean to a point it wasn't you know, it's hectic, but it did feel like a prison. Yeah. Like you're locked in your room at a certain time. You're not allowed out. You're not allowed TV in a certain they time. Turn, they turn your power off. off. Yeah. And you had an external experience of running away. Yeah, I was... Missing persons. Oh, 100%. I was on missing persons for two and a half years. Yeah, like, and that's that was what I mean. the reality oh. of it. And I had no idea what NPR was. And I had no idea that I was on it half the time, you know what I mean? And then absconding, as, as Josh said. Like, was, going able. able. That yeah. was the term. Going How able. How did you turn it around? We got deep into drug scenes and I knew I couldn't do my drug scene in public anymore because I didn't want to end up like my parents, like getting arrested for that kind of stuff. Being in Cavan wasn't about that. Like that scared the shit out of me. So realistically, I ended up just hanging out in the unit after 
I'm doing my drugs, you know? And like, you do find those workers in the unit that do treat you like family or do treat you with respect, that they do understand it. I'm kind of thankful for being in care because like, if I didn't go to care, I wouldn't have met my ex. My daughter's a reason I stopped doing like all sorts of like hectic, illegal stuff. As soon as I found out my ex was pregnant, I was like, well, I kind of can't now. Like, going through the care system made me who I was. But hands down, like, if I didn't go to care, like who knows what would have happened. I might have turned out worse, might have turned out better. But... As they say, it wouldn't change up in the world. If it wasn't for being in care, I would not have the street smarts or the ability to execute the way that I do with work. Having lived experience going through hell and back has literally been in it at the end of the day. Like, I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I didn't have lived experience. Yeah, it's a fuck system. It's very flawed. And it, it makes you institutionalised, but so would have my parents. They would have made me worse off, you know what I mean? Like, the reality of it. It's like a family, pretty much. Like, even the kids in care, like, when we all go out. It's a community-based thing. It is. Especially when when you are homeless at that point. Like, I was only, like, 12, but I knew all the homeless people in the city. Yeah. Like, and, you know, like, they'd walk past you, like, oh, did you end up getting any change? Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I ended up getting 10 bucks. You want a burger? Like, or if I found somewhere new to sleep, like, oh, have you heard about this spot? Like, oh, no, I've got this spot tonight. It's like, oh, wicked, well, if you... You know, you can't go there, come here. Like, you know, there'd be like four of us here. No one cared. Do you think um, if there was a kid who's just moved to Resi or or maybe they've been in Resi for a while, whatever, maybe they're in foster, but they're running away all the time, do you think you would want them to go into that kind of life? I, I just tell them to not necessarily... I just use the system to your advantage. Like, because you can. You can use that... You can drain it. And not have to feel bad because they kind of owe you in a way. Because so many more doors open up to you once you're either in care or once you exit care. So many doors open for you because you have like certain privileges and this and that. Like I wish I knew when I was in care, the amount of stuff I could have just... Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, like knowledge of courses or this and that. Like They put me into so many courses when I was in care. And, I mean, if I actually tried... Milking the system is for the benefit at the end of the day. Like, it's not really... I feel bad for saying milking the system. But what, once you're in care, you have the um, the opportunity to be able to do all the shit that your parents couldn't provide for you. Exactly. Like, the, go- the government is your guardian at the end of the day, and they should provide education, all your fun things that you want to do, like the things that scaffold you to be the person that you want to be. That's the thing. Like Even until 25, I tell everybody, milk the fuck out of the system because exactly. you're not going to get anywhere off your own back you need the supports you need the need the money the funding all of that stuff because we we came two three foot back compared to what normal normal kids or privileged kids or whatever you want cbc kids <laughs> we're like seven feet back from where they're at in life exactly. you know and the reality is you do need to use the services provided for you because fuck how else are we going to get there how else are we going to be on the same path or the same level or leveling up or equal level a lot of these kids in care don't know like their proper rights. Mm. Like I didn't, like, especially with like, the police abusing their authority when I was in care, mm. like doing this and that to me, like you know throwing me in like the cells of the fishbowl just when I was on like NPR, like you know just a lot of the time a lot of the kids don't know what they can access because they're not told. Like I I wasn't told any of this when I was young. I didn't get told any of this until I was like 
when I'm probably 17, 18, like, I found all the avenues I could kind of branch out to and find out about. Like, if I knew that when I was in care, I probably wouldn't have been as much of a fuckhead as, you know, I was then. Because, like... At the end of the day, there's so many avenues. Like, go to Penny Wright at the office of The Guardian, find out what your child rights are, even sign up to create and get, like, go through the uh, youth advisory group, do speak-up levels so you know your rights, so you know... Like, you're, you're not alone. You're not, you're, you're definitely not alone. And at the end of the day, there's so many kids that are feeling isolated, feeling lost, feeling so scared to be in care because it is a scary thing. At the end of the day, you are put into a house with so many different strangers, so many different rules, so many different guidelines. When we had parents that probably didn't execute the way that you should be, I don't know, raised, I guess. And like when you get into care, it's literally just like a prison system and that scares the fuck out of you. Like that makes it you want to do everything against it. If the kids knew about half the options that were out there to help, they probably wouldn't be out doing as Some much shit. stuff as they yeah. do, but... The reality of the outcomes that our parents have chosen, or like, we just want to be heard, we just want to be respected, and we just want to be loved. We just want to feel safe. And we have the equally. right. Yeah, we have the right to feel safe. We have the right to be treated equally. Like, yeah. Like, the reality is, at the end of the day, like, it's, it's a fucked system, but, like, we have to navigate it through. So what we do now is give tips and tricks and like little life hacks on how to fucking work the system for our advantage, for our benefit. If you're not having a good time in your placement, there's something going wrong, something not working for you, there, there is people who want to know about it. We've put some details in the show notes about the Office for the Guardian of Children and Young People and about Create Foundation. That's two really good places to start. Thanks to Josh for coming in and sharing his story. Uh, we really appreciate when people take the time to talk to us about their lives. If anyone ever wants to do that for the podcast, oh, by the way, we put the email address in the show notes and chuck us an email to come in and have a discussion about your lived experience as much appreciated and needed for these podcasts to actually go places and for the system to change. See you next time. Nothing Monday. Yeah. Straight Up is a part of the GOM Central project. You can find out more about GOM Central by visiting gomcentral.elmplace.org.au or join our Facebook group. GOM Central is delivered by Post Care Support Services and funded by the Department for Child Protection. If you have left care or about to leave care and you're struggling with any issues, get in touch with Post Care Support Services on 1800 188 118. Your hosts are me, Brooke Oliver and Nora Gaborn. This podcast was created on Ghana and Paramount Country. We would like to acknowledge the Ghana and Paramount peoples and all of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians, their spiritual, physical, emotional and mental and economic connection to their land and seas.